Hi, everyone. Just wanted to let you know that Jim and Steve Watch a Show are now on social media. Please follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Jim and Steve Watch a Show. There, you can find out what TV show they will be watching next to enhance your listening experience. Also, feel free to give them suggestions for shows to watch or even a nerd challenge idea. Thanks for listening. They're like, oh, by the same people who did Dark. I'm like, ah. Yeah, and I didn't know that until after I watched it. I'm like, oh, now, yeah. okay, now I kind of get, it's like a Shamalama Ding Dong movie. <laughs> kind of the same thing. Jim and Steve watch a show. They watch a show I've never seen. Oh, they watch a show you never see. Welcome, everybody, to Jim and Steve Watch a Show. Season 2, Episode 5. In this episode, we're going to be taking a look at the show called 1899. My name is Jim. My name is Steve. And Steve, would you like to tell everybody what our podcast is all about? Yes. So we go through all the streaming services and try to find shows that you may not know about or may overlook for one reason or another. We watch the first episode, we give our opinions, and try to decide whether or not we'd watch the entire series. And again, in this episode, we're going to take a look at a show called 1899. We'd like to start off with some background info about the show. So, Steve, what do you got? So, 1899 is available on Netflix. It is a German show that is one season. There's eight episodes. Each one runs 50 to 62 minutes. And I actually learned in doing the research for this show that they were going to do seasons two and three. But then they canceled the whole thing. So just earlier this month, they said one season. So I guess this is another one of those shows that you just need to be able to enjoy the ride and not really worry about the destination. But we can get into that a little bit later. Um, The main character here is a woman named Emily Beecham. And she plays a character in the show named Mara Franklin. And let's see here. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it for the uh, background. Wow, so this is um so they were slated for more than one season, but then just got one season out of it. Yeah, they were gonna do three seasons, and then just like two weeks ago, Netflix said, ah, you know what? No. Oh geez, that must be disappointing for a lot of people. <laughs> oh my god. Well well it sounded like they were like getting together to start season two filming, and there's like ah now forget about oh, it. Oh, that sucks. Uh, terrible. Pull the rug right out from under you. So the culture of origin is it's a German made tv show but it's um multilingual though right there's yes many different nationalities are represented in this show uh which i think lends itself to to ship travel sure around 1900 yeah all right so now we're up to the the summary challenge and i i get to take a stab at this i'm sure everybody knows how awesome i am at summarizing stuff but there's a lot of characters (laughs) It's not, it's not my forte. I still find this probably easier than Elena's ghost, but still tough. Right. And, and in fact, um, I'm probably going to stick to the bare bones of what the plot happens to be of, of the show, like the broader strokes there. Um, Cause otherwise I'll, I'll get lost in a, in a sea of, of, <laughs> of characters, no pun intended. Uh, so this episode takes place on a ship at sea. It's a passenger ship. And I believe that it's bound. I don't know where it's leaving from, but it's it's bound for New York. And I'm I'm guessing, as the title suggests, it's in the year 1899. This episode introduces just a ton 
of characters and plot lines, very typical to some of the first episodes we've seen on, on shows that are similar. But here's the main story arc. Um, the, the sister ship, I, I believe it's the sister ship of the ship we're, we're taking a look at here, has been lost at sea for four months. Uh, they get a distress call on their way to New York with just coordinates. And they go to those coordinates and they find an empty ship, question mark, because I don't want to give, any, give anything away. <laughs> um, so that's about as basic as I, I can be because I feel like if I get – you'll you'll do a better job at this. But if I start talking about <laughs> all the different characters, I'm going to be here for like 20 minutes. So that, that that's my summary. No, I, I think that was very good, and I, I probably just have a couple of points, and it's going to be about the same. Okay. So, it's the year 1899. Uh, a ship called the Kerberos ah. is the ship that is the, kind of the centerpiece of this entire show. Yeah. They are leaving Southampton, England, headed to New York City. Uh, it is October 19th of 1899. Four months earlier, their sister ship, the Prometheus, disappeared without a trace. So they're in the middle of this voyage, and as you say, they get the coordinates with no no verbal anything, just a ticker tape of coordinates. They decide to check it out because they suspect it's their sister ship, and whenever they get there, kind of a lot happens, but kind of not a lot happens, yeah. uh, but that's part of the mystery of the show. Right. Um, yeah, that, so you're always much better at the details than I'm like, what's the ship's name? I forgot, yeah, the other one was Prometheus. I like to I like to throw that name around in science fiction a lot, you know. Yes, they do. Yeah, that was an eight. That was an and alien I, movie or something. And I think uh, when we get to the points of interest, I did some research on that as well. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that no time like the the present. <laughs> and here we are. are. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the points of interest, clarification needed for for watching. Yeah, so please please elaborate. Yeah. So I I think. It, the name Prometheus has a lot to do with symbolism because he is the Greek God that gave fire to humans. Yeah. And nobody was happy about him doing that. And so it's kind of like you're, you're giving the kids a lighter and leaving them in a barn. <laughs> and so all the gods were upset with him. And I think that's kind of the same thing here. Like your humans have too much power and bad things are going to happen because sure. of it. And so I also looked up the name Kerberos, which is a um, kind of an equivalent name to Cerberus, oh. who is the three-headed dog that guards the gates to hell. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. And so they're they're using, or I say the gate to the underworld, not necessarily hell. Sure. Uh, so if you think about those two names as the two ships, it, it kind of, I don't want to say it gives anything away, but it kind of gives you some hints mm. that there's a lot of symbolism in this show. And what I also thought was interesting is it seems like every single person that you meet on the Kerberos is running away from something. Yeah. And they're very vague as to what it is, but it's like every person they give any time to doesn't want to talk about themselves, is always very suspicious whenever anybody asks them any questions. Yeah. And just kind of keeps to themselves unless they're forced to talk to somebody else, including the crew of the ship. Yeah, everybody seems to have some baggage and some something they're hiding or every. Yeah, everybody seems to have like kind of an interesting backstory, as you were saying. And uh, yes. Yeah. And I that's interesting. I didn't catch the um, the the Greek, the Greek connection to mythology. So I wonder if they'll tease that out as the, the season goes. That, that's kind of a, a cool, well, cool point. 
don't know if you ever read the Canterbury Tales. Long, long um, ago in high but, school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Like high school literature, <laughs> yeah. right? But it kind of almost reminded me of that. Yeah, and and okay. the author, uh, what what he tried to do is he had a group of people going on a pilgrimage. Yeah. And he was writing a story for each of them on the way there. And then his plan was to write another story for each of them on the way back. And he died before he finished it. But uh, I think it was Chaucer. And this kind of reminded me in a way of that where like you can see that they're really building this history Mm -hmm. around each character. And and they think they're going to New York, but they're going to go on a completely different journey than what that is. Yeah. Well, that's really good. Um, yeah. Well, that, that's my that's my half ass. Uh, <laughs> here's what I think. I think you used your whole ass on that one. That was very, very yeah. that was very well done. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really put that good, but yeah, I think it does have a kind of a pilgrimage feel. Definitely, you know, and and like you said, you know, they're they're intending one thing, and, and clearly they're going to get 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 sidetracked. So you order the steak, you get the chicken. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you can tell just how distressed they are by that because the whole crew, well, most, most some of the crew, but most of the guests are very upset that they're deviating from the course in any way, shape, or form, even if it's to help rescue some people. Yes. So you can you can tell that they're very much kind of tunnel vision on, like you said, their their pilgrimage and, and their journey. But it, like like they're all trying to escape something, and they're afraid that any deviation is going to allow whatever the something is to catch up with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, I don't know if I have anything as, as good as that. So what did I have for points of interest? Well, I, I always try, try to frame it like what other show would you have to be familiar with to kind of like this? And I have, it's definitely in that haunted house, haunted ship genre. You know, yes. That yes. They it play is. so often with, um, in sci-fi, and uh, well, horror for for sure, but some of the scenes when they came across the missing ship, you know, I there's always so much tension that gets built when you go into one of those ships and it's empty. Like even like they do that in the sci-fi ones. Like you'll find a, a ship just kind of out there in space, right? And Especially whenever there's nothing obviously wrong with yeah. it. Like whenever you go onto a ship and you see that there's been a gunfight or a fire or an explosion, you're like, oh, okay. But whenever it just looks like everyone disappeared, it's a different vibe. Creates so much tension. I I think probably the first one I saw like that was maybe like 2010 uh, with Roy Schreiner. It's the sequel to 2001. And they go find the the spaceship from 2001. And you kind of know what happened, but it's just creepy because it's empty. Right. It's, it's kind of right. like a haunted ship. And I, I, there's so many sci-fi movies that, that fall into that. And even like, I was thinking there's like uh sci-fi kind of uh, ghost ship movies, just like this, where you end up on the ship, you don't know quite what happened. Right. And it's just eerie. So if you like yeah, event horizon, even, yeah. even the second aliens movie, yes. they go down to the colony. And at first everyone's just gone right yeah that's a great example so if you like i was just if you like that kind of genre it seems like you know this this show is going to be right up your your alley i think and one more point of interest at the end of the episode there are a couple of scarab beetles that they find yes 
And I was trying to remember, because that also was symbolic of something, so I had to look that up. Yes. And they dispose of dead matter and waste. Huh. And so I wonder if you're going to just like find this room of corpses or mm. because not that's really a spoiler, but you don't really get the answer to what no. happened. Uh-uh. But like you, so you still are hanging out there. Yeah. So there is Egyptian iconography. There's that. There's something else that's going on in the show too. Yep. Which are kind of like, which was kind of, kind of strange. So it looks like they're borrowing, like you said, a lot of symbolism from mythology, history, um, yep. which is cool. Like you said, a lot, of, a lot of layers that you could dig, dig into. Um, all right. So those are some points of interest, maybe, uh, that you would need to, to watch the show and better understand it. What about positives and, and strengths of the, the show? What, what did you like about this show? I really felt like it did a great job of creating this sense of dread, even whenever there was nothing like they're having dinner yeah. and you just feel like there's this underlying tension on the ship and you don't really know why. Yeah. I also had sets the mood. Well, it, it has a tension to it. Yeah. yeah. It's filmed. Well, um, it's unsettling. And, uh, you know, I, I watch it with the subtitles on because there's, uh, yep. languages I don't speak. Um, but it kept giving you music cues and it kept saying things like ominous synth music. Yeah. And I think that's actually kind of a good choice. Like the score is a bit more modern like that. It's like synth. There's some, there's like a pop song that, 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 that yeah, yeah that surprised me. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but it worked really well to set this attention. Like you said, at, at just about every scene and um, yeah, it was just kind of, yeah, it was kind of a cool vibe to it. And I guess it, to, to give it a bit more of a picture in your mind, if you picture the Titanic, that's kind of what this ship is. Mm-hmm. And then you picture where there's like the first class passengers, the second class passengers, and then the poor guys that work on the ship that are basically shoveling coal 24 seven. Yes. So you kind of have different layers in the ship and they don't really intermingle or they're not supposed to. Yeah. Oh, I, I did have something like that on the points of interest where some familiarity with that time period, like you said, other movies that represent that class, gender, all those kind of cultural roles are, are played out pretty strictly here. Um, so just like, just like you said, it is sort of laid out in the ship in terms of hierarchy, like Titanic. That's a, that's a good example. Um, and, and you have a good, a, a strong female lead here. Like a lot of the male characters seem like not very good people. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, and she's, she's got some, demons or some past kind of stuff going on yes she does very like the first five minutes of the show you're like what is going on and then yeah they kind of back away from that but then they kind of hint at it throughout the rest of the episode yeah that threw me at first the first five minutes i'm like geez what is this and then we kind of settle into it It, yeah they they definitely play with tone and mood quite a bit so they laid a lot of breadcrumbs here uh that i think hopefully will pay off as the show goes on all right so on to weaknesses and drawbacks what were what were some things that maybe didn't work so well or some things that you didn't like? Unfortunately, knowing that there's not going to be a final solution or final yeah, answer that sucks. hurts it. And like, I, I guess I almost wish I would not have found that nugget because yeah. if you know they were hoping for at least three seasons, does that mean this is only the first third of the story? Oh, geez. Or, or, yeah. or were they smart enough knowing how TV works today 
to like hopefully put a capstone on the season where you can say, okay, mm-hmm. that was a satisfactory ending. Well, if you were saying that that people were gearing up to film, I would guess maybe they didn't have that much notice. Yeah, I'm worried about that. And there's probably like a huge cliffhanger at the end of season one. And, I suspect, you know, yeah. And so, as we said with some of the other shows of this type, if you're okay with the journey yep. and you don't really care about the destination, yes. I think this is a great show. Yep. Uh, but if you want all those final answers, yep. it's not going to happen. Yeah, that, and that's my biggest drawback. Yep, I agree. Um, for me, sometimes I get lost a little bit when there's a lot of characters and, and subplots. Um, and there are. And, and there are. Uh, so I guess it takes me a few episodes in to see how they're treating that to whether or not it's overwhelming for me. That's just a personal thing. Uh, and like you said, I, I'm also good with really well-written mysteries and, and, and adventures like that. But if it's just, cause they threw out a lot of stuff that seems like it doesn't really mesh. Right. And so I, I wonder, is that just, Hey, let's be weird. Or is, is it going someplace? That's always my, my fear. And if it's very cleverly resolved at the end, I'll be like, awesome. If it was like, yeah, that polar bear on the island and it makes sense, then then you start right. going, eh, I don't know. You're just trying to be weird for weird sake. And I, I can't tell from the first episode, obviously, what, what well, that's going to be. Well, and like, there, there's those two brothers. One is allegedly a priest, but you don't even know for sure if he is. The other brother seem seems like, like, it, yeah. like, like a thief or a scoundrel of some kind. Yes. Then you have that older lady that was talking to the main character, Mm -hmm. but then she's talking to who you thought was a Japanese woman, but now I'm not so sure that she actually is because she's speaking Cantonese and trying to learn Japanese. Right. Yeah. Right. And and then she has like a, I don't know, like a a keeper with her to keep her in line. And it's not clear why that's happening. And then in like third class, you have a whole other set of things happening. So there there are many plot lines. Yes. Um, again, if it's well-written and, and going somewhere, I'm on board. Uh, if you're just throwing a lot of breadcrumbs out, like you said, and I mean, I don't know what they're going to do in a season. I mean, you're right. That, that really does limit, limit things. Um, the only, especially knowing that it's eight episodes, right. the only other <laughs> little, this is a minor pet peeve is the captain kind of walks around and stares a lot. I don't know if you notice. That's <laughs> just like a minor pet peeve. But every time he was on screen, I'm like, "Wow, he's really chewing the scenery with that that stare he's got." You know, he kind of walks yes. in and he's just like staring you down. And uh, I mean, it, it's it, like it is. It's moody and, and stuff like that. But some of it was like, "All right, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's we like, get it. Yeah, we right, get it. Yeah. You're, you're a troubled man. I, <laughs> yeah. Okay, go steer the ship." Um, all right. So that leads us to our penultimate question. Would we watch the entire season? And now we have lots of context here. What the first episode's like? In fact, there's there only one season. Where where did you land on? Where'd you land on this one? So you know, I think I would watch the entire season. Okay. Even even knowing that this is the only season, it's only eight episodes. I felt like for being an hour, I felt like it went by pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, again, there's a lot to take in. But I, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I was really torn on this one. Um, I originally had no, and I think it was because, like I said, I don't always do well with 
with shows with a lot of characters and where there's a lot of mystery up front. I've been burned. I've been hurt. <laughs> before. <laughs> I have been fooled before. And, and knowing that there's only one of three that makes it tough for me. So I'll probably, yes. I'll probably say, I don't know. I'm going to tentatively say no. Okay. Um, and I, and I completely get that. Yeah. I do get that. But I, I forgot to um, think about personally how to, to rank this one. So, um, where would you put this? So, so far we watched uh, Hyperdrive, Hostile Days, Elena's Ghost. Uh, last week we watched um, My Love from the Stars. And now we have 1899. So where where would you put this one? No, you know, and, and here... I'm going to put it at one. Really? Wow. Cool. And... and Again, I, I wish I didn't know that they canceled it. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I. But even even with that, I, I still would put it at one. Number one, okay. And the reason why is with hyperdrive, like we had talked about, I, monster of the week. It is. It, you you kind of know what to expect in every episode in in some fashion. With this, I really feel like it's going to keep you guessing the entire time. And we forgot to mention, if you listen to our first season, the same people that made Dark yeah. made this. Right. So if you enjoyed that show or you watched multiple episodes and you liked yeah. it, then this would be right up your alley for sure. Right. And I also, and I'm now I'm going off on a oh, tangent here, oh, but did you notice that there were like letters in this episode? The main character got a letter from her brother. Yes. It was very cryptic. Yes. And it, the and, captain of the ship had a similar letter that was also cryptic. And if you remember Dark, oh, they had a letter right. that was also. And I'm like, somebody likes Germans like letters. Somebody, somebody likes writing write letters on the <laughs> They, they enjoy the com- composing letters. I didn't even think about that, that connection. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, there was that big to do about the letter in Dark. And yep. they did focus on. I, I caught her letter. I guess I didn't catch the captain's letter because her letter was in, so, in English, right? And so the captain's letter, you, he, he never opens it, but on the envelope, there's a sentence that was the same that was the sentence on her letter. Oh, that's probably why I didn't catch it because I maybe thought it was the same or something. Yes. Yeah, right. and I was like, okay, so here's a whole other layer of connections that we're going to maybe find out about. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm sorry that was way no, I, I should have I, I, tackled that a while no, ago. That's great. I, I forgot I forgot about <laughs> so the where do you place this show? Uh probably middle of the, the pack for me. I can't remember I, my exact order. I don't have my notes up in, in front of me. So okay. I'm gonna put this solidly in the in the middle of what we what we watched. I think it's right around the three spot. Yeah, you know, I think it's better okay. than, than some of the ones that we watched, like uh Hostile Days and Elena's Ghost. But um, you know, I like the episodic sci-fi, so hyperdrive still yes. out there for me. Um, and well, this probably beats out my love from the, the stars as well. So maybe two or three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, all right. Yeah. Are you ready for a nerd challenge? Oh, I, I am ready. All right. I like to be, I like to be thematic. So, oh, I can't so wait. You're ready. If you were a pirate, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I have a few questions for you. If that was this, if that was the case, what would your name be? Okay. What is the name of your ship? Ooh, and, okay. And you need to take 
a celebrity first mate, and they could be either uh, living or or dead. Oh, okay. Well, I might tackle these out of order. Okay. <laughs> so, a, a guilty pleasure movie of mine is Cabin Boy. Oh yeah, with Chris Elliott. Oh, wow. it's, it's a ridiculously dumb movie. I have not thought about that movie in a long time. Uh, but I always laugh because they name their ship the. <laughs> Which, so I guess anytime like I'm in a video game and I can name my ship something, I always name it that. <laughs> and I don't, like I'm thinking somebody somewhere is going to be like, oh, cabin boy, but I don't know. <laughs> um, as for a first mate, I would take the Kurt Russell character, Captain Ron. Oh, that's funny. Uh, another deep cut on movies. Yes. Uh, well, probably one of his lesser known ones, but honestly, I, love that movie. I don't know the guy can make a bad movie. Yeah. He just always seems to be good. Yeah, agreed. And huh. your name. Now the, yeah, you, the you name are, is tricky. Yeah, you, you yeah. Man, God, now it's probably been 25 years ago. I actually had a job as a pirate. Uh and do tell. It was at this it was at this place called Adventure Landing in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I was in charge of laser tag. But the <laughs> entire place was pirate themed, and I had named myself Scully. Oh. Uh, at the time it was kind of a nod to uh X-Files. Yeah. And I guess I'd have to go with that. Okay. So, so Scully, Captain Ron. <laughs> and now we got to turn it around. What about you? Well, you know, what's going to be really funny is for my name, I put Captain Ron. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's why we do the show. Cause we know each other. Well. I did. I wrote that down. I was like, what would be great pirate? Captain Ron. Um, <laughs> I got really stuck on the on the ship name, so it's really lame. But I think I just call it something stupid like Fun Time. So, but it is a fun yeah, time, Captain Ron of the Fun <laughs> Time. And if you, if I had to take a celebrity first mate, I was I was really thinking like who would be a lot of fun all the time. And I thought about Spaceballs, and I thought, well, John Candy would probably be a good oh good first mate, right? Barf. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bar, bar for just any one of his, his characters. Right. Yeah. So that was uh Well uh Summer uh Summer Reynolds yes. he sailed. Yes. yes, absolutely. So I So he's got the experience. He's got the experience. So um yeah. Captain Ron, Very good. John Candy on on the fun time. Well kind of funny that we uh had a cross section there. Yeah, that's the <laughs> as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh my god, I'll show you. I have it written down here, Captain Ron. That, that's, that's very funny. That's my uh, captain name. No, that was a good one. That was fun. Uh, now see now Captain Ron showed up on 1899. That would be a fun adventure. Oh, <laughs> that would be something else. <laughs> All right. Well, I love Kurt Russell. Oh yeah. Amazing. Maybe we should just do a, we'll do a Kurt Russell episode sometime. Oh my gosh. What, what, buckle up for like four. Hours. Like yeah. they always say, if you had to do a Ted talk with no rep- preparation, what would you do it on? Yeah. I, I could just do it for on Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell's uh, TED Talk. <laughs> I'm going to put you up to that challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed our episode about 1899. Join us again next time as we take a look at uh, the streaming universe, pick out a show, watch the first episode, and let you know what we thought about it. Um, my name is Jim. My name is Steve. Thank you, everybody. Arg, Jim and Steve watch a show. They watch a show you've never seen.